Um, now, um, I want to do a special family talk for us this evening. Um, this one's going to be a two, the first of a two-part family talk. Sam is going to be able to uh, finish it up next week. But um, so, so as a member of this church, um, each one of you are part of a DNA, which means that you are called to counsel one another, to care for one another, even to shepherd one another. Like, you're not supposed to just sit back and expect the pastors to do the ministry. You get to do the work of the ministry to one another. You get to steward the gospel and apply the gospel to one another. Which means that you have to know how to steward and apply the gospel to one another. So a lot of you know that I was in Africa last month, and one of the lessons I got to teach was on this book called Real Change. Um, it's a book by Andrew Nichols and Helen Thorne, edited by David Pallison. And it's just about how people change biblically. Um, so I'm going to try to teach half of this book right now um, in 10 minutes. So, um, and, then, and then Sam will teach the other half of the book next week. So you should think of yourselves as counselors to one another. I want to invite you to think for a moment. What does a counselor do? What is the goal of a Christian counselor? The goal of a Christian counselor isn't to offer advice or wisdom, although you might do that. It isn't to make someone feel better, although you might do that too. The goal of a Christian counselor is to help someone else become more like Jesus Christ. That is what you're called to do, is to help the people sitting around you become more like Jesus. That is a huge, weighty privilege and calling that you have. So the question is, how do you do that? How do you help someone become more like Jesus Christ? And the Bible has an image I'd like to point to. Um, it's in Jeremiah chapter 17. And um, it's verses 5 through 8. Now you see this image come up again and again in Scripture. And here it is, it's verse 5. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is a man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He is like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when he comes, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear. So we see an image of two trees. And maybe you can bring that up and, and leave that image up there. So these are two examples in the scripture, two images we get. And it's actually two different kinds of people. You have one tree that's lush, that's bearing fruit, and one tree that's dried up and dead. Now, the lush tree stays lush even when the heat comes. The tree that dies, dies when the heat comes. A lot of trees can look like they're healthy when it's the wet season in other places in the world. When the dry season comes is when you find out what kind of tree it really is. So what is the heat that I'm talking about? 
The heat are the different trials in life that we face. The different temptations, the different hardships, the different things we go through, get losing a job, babies crying at night, fighting with your spouse, you have an addiction to something. These are all the heat that we feel that comes and tests what kind of tree we are. Now, what, what, is, the, what is the Bible getting at with this tree imagery? So the fruit is your activities and your actions and your behaviors. And good fruit is fruit that looks like Jesus. Loving other people, loving God, caring for other people. Bad fruit is fruit that doesn't look like Jesus. Selfishness. Retaliation. All sorts of things that we shouldn't do. And the heat are the circumstances that come and expose what kind of tree it is. So the one thing you have, the first principle I want us to remember in our minds, sorry, I got to stay here, I don't have the head mic, is that the fruit is the evidence of what kind of tree you are. The fruit just shows what's on the inside. So when you see how someone acts and responds to situations, what you're seeing is what's going on in here. Our lives and the way we live and respond to things are like a window into our hearts. And you can look into other people's hearts based off of how they're living. So the people you know closest, you're going to know their hearts the most because you see how they're living and responding to the most. Which means they need you. There's some of you who know each other's hearts better than I know your heart. And so in some ways you're going to be a better pastor to that person than I ever could be. Now... I want to point out that each one of us are at the same time a saint and a sinner. Which means that at the same time you're going to have good fruit and bad fruit. There isn't a perfectly good tree besides Jesus. And there isn't a perfectly bad tree. But the thing is, is the question is, are you increasing and growing good fruit? And is good fruit increasing and coming to characterize you or not? That's what a Christian is. And... And so even though we should expect to see bad fruit in our own lives and the lives of our brothers and sisters from time to time, the hope is, is that as time passes, good fruit would replace bad fruit. So now I want to read out some bad fruits. Um, and I promise next week's family talk is going to be happier because we're going to talk about how, what the good fruit is like. <laughs> so you have to come back next week, especially if you're feeling uh, like this isn't your favorite family talk. Um, so I just want to say we all know what bad fruits are, but I want to point to seven bad fruits that, um, that may be a little less obvious. And just, just, I just want you to think, like, man, is this, is this a fruit I have? And, um, and, and I see myself in a lot of these. So um, if, you, if you see yourself here, you're not alone. Um, you can worry. You go over and over the circumstances in your mind, and you try to think of every possibility and try to come up with, your own way to solve the problem. Escapism. You try to make yourself not feel so you don't have to acknowledge the pain or stress you feel. This could include drugs and alcohol, overworking, overeating, being online or watching TV or just about anything. Denial. You try to ignore the problem and pretend you are okay. You hope that if others believe you are fine, that will somehow make it true. Anger and blame. 
You get angry at others and blame other people, circumstances, and even God. You lash out at those you feel are responsible for your bad responses. Self-pity. You feel sorry for yourself. You want others to feel sorry for you too. Fear. You shrink back in fear. You spin out worst-case scenarios about the future. You believe your life is ruined. And lastly, despair. All the above you can feel can lead you to despair. You don't think you can ever change. You don't believe God is with you or will help you. Life becomes dark and hopeless. And when I counsel and see people, usually when the worst fruit comes out is when they say, just forget it. Like, I just give up. And that's the fruit of despair. When you give up and just give in and just let loose and turn from Christ. So I want us to leave with two lessons today. As we, as we try to grow and learn how to counsel one another. The first lesson is, don't try to change someone's fruit. If the fruit are our behaviors, and they come from the root, our hearts, we need to learn to address one another's hearts. We need to learn to listen so we can learn what's in someone else's heart. We need to learn to care enough about people that we wouldn't just try to fix them, but we try to change their hearts. So techniques to just change the way they do things or telling people to stop do that, stop doing that isn't how the Bible calls us to counsel other people. And so as you see bad fruit, which we will, you would if you were in my DNA or just hanging out with me, the way to minister to me isn't not to say, stop doing that bad fruit. It's to say, hey, what's in your heart right now that caused you to act that way? What is your motivation or your desire or your fear or your worry? What's going on in your heart? And if you notice, that takes more time and that takes patience and it's messy. And so it's a lot easier just to tell someone to change their fruit. It's a lot cleaner just to tell someone to change their fruit. But if you care about them, you have to pursue their heart and you have to put in the work and the effort and you might even get hurt in the process, but that's what it is to care for other people. And the second is, don't let people believe the lie that the heat caused the bad fruit. People will so often respond in a certain way to a bad situation and blame the situation. The bad situation didn't create the bad response. It only showed the heart. And actually, when that happens, it's a blessing in in disguise because you actually get to address someone's heart now, whereas before, you didn't see the bad fruit and you weren't able to apply the gospel to that area that the gospel had not reached yet. And so heat and bad fruit are an opportunity for you to minister and to help someone become more like Jesus Christ. Don't run from these opportunities. Run into them. Run towards the person who is responding with bad fruit. Now, even the image itself of good tree, bad tree, I think begs the question, how do you change a bad root into a good root? How do you do that? Like, that seems to say impossible to me. And the answer that you're going to hear next week is how do you change a bad tree into a good tree is you need another tree. That's the other tree you need. And so part two next week, we're going to learn about how we take who Jesus is and what he has done on the cross to take our bad roots, our bad hearts, that 
result in all kinds of different bad attitudes and actions and behaviors. And, and see in this book who Jesus is and, and go to someone and help them change their heart. Help Jesus change their heart so that they can bear good fruit. And if you, if you want to love someone, that is loving them. That's what it is to love someone, to help them to become more like Jesus. And you have the calling and privilege to be able to do that.